Hey, it's Andrew, and I wanted to thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. Did you know that you can subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast on Apple Podcasts or Pocket Casts or wherever you get your podcasts to have new episodes delivered to your feed twice a week on Wednesday and Friday? All you have to do is pick up your phone, navigate to your podcast app, and search for Door County or Door County Pulse podcast and click subscribe. If you're a longtime listener or if this is your first episode, we hope you enjoy the Door County Pulse podcast. Welcome to One on One, a Door County Pulse interview series. I'm Andrew Clyden, and I'm joined today by Chris Radel, proprietor of Hash Distillery. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. Good. So why don't we start kind of at the beginning about Hatch? You guys are located in Egg Harbor right now, and this is your, your second full season, right? You Correct. guys started in 2018. Yes. Uh, tell me a little bit about you know, your background and kind of what led you to Egg Harbor to open up Hatch. Oh, great question. I, I grew up in agriculture, and so I was always uh, around growing things, uh, creating things, crafting things, usually from the land. That evolved into having an interest in craft distilling and actually winemaking and beer production. And that's what brought me up to Door County. I took a job for a wine manufacturer here. That just wasn't a great fit. And so I was looking for an opportunity to do something on my own. And that's how we landed on Egg Harbor and Hatch Distilling. I read that you have a background in beekeeping. Is that right? That's correct. Tell me a little bit about that. I always find beekeeping to be fascinating. It for sure is. To go way back, I grew up in poultry. So I grew up on a farm that raised day-old chicks until they were ready to lay eggs at around 20 weeks old. And so I'd always been around uh, animal husbandry and caretaking. And when I left that job and that industry, I needed to find something to do with that piece of my brain. And I'd always been interested in beekeeping. It was a very approachable hobby. And so it started out as a hobby. The hobby quickly grew out of control. I just loved it so much that, you know, two hives turned into 20 in the, in year two. Now I'm up to 150 hives. It's a way to approach lifelong learning. I'm always learning something new with beekeeping. And I just love the symbiotic relationships that it has with the landscape. And it's a beneficial pollinator for all kinds of agriculture around here. You know, I was just reading an article about how a lot of people kind of have a misconception that beekeeping is this very, like, relaxed hobby that you can kind of take up, you know, in your older age. But it, it seems like it's a lot more complicated than that. There's a lot to learn. And then I think that what um, is a little over-romanticized is that there's a lot of heavy lifting. Uh, honey is very, very heavy. And lifting all those boxes full of honey is very labor-intensive. So... There's definitely fun and there's those moments of bliss where the bees are flying around happy and there's no stinging and everything is fun. But then there are days where it's rainy, the bees are unhappy and they let you know it and there's a lot of heavy lifting to be done. We'll get into how the beekeeping side of things kind of influences Hatch, but how did you get into to spirits in general? So when I was working in the poultry business, I worked for a company that owned about 20 million laying hens. And I started out my career very hands-on and evolved into uh, an office, more of a corporate job. So in the background, I had always known that this wasn't going to be my last career. There was going to be some, there had to be something different. So I did all kinds of research on different nooks and crannies of agriculture and growing. I looked at grass-fed beef, um, a goat dairy, all kinds of research. My wife would always joke that there were a stack of books on our nightstand and I was always up to something. 
in all that research, I landed on craft distilling, and that's the one that really stuck. So in my career, I spent about six years in the background doing all kinds of research on craft distilling. And I finally knew I, with some challenges in my career, I just had to make the leap. And so that's how I landed in it. And then I took a job working in management for a winery, craft distillery, and I was able to spend about four years there learning on the job. Take me through kind of the process, because I don't know a ton about what actually goes into, say, a bottle of whiskey or something like that. How does it start and, and how does it end up finally, you know, in your glass? It starts off a lot like wine or beer production. So I, we kind of joke around the distillery that uh, making beer is for quitters because they're quitting about halfway through the process. <laughs> we take uh, an alcoholic product like a wine or a beer. And, you know, those are usually around 5 to 10% alcohol. But then distillation is taking advantage of the different boiling points of a mixture and isolating those and dividing those out. So we take, say we're making whiskey, which has to be made from grain. We take a beer made from grain, around 10% alcohol, and we apply heat. And the first thing to boil off is the alcohol. And that's how we're able to isolate it and concentrate that alcohol further and then age it in barrels into whiskey. Interesting. So I didn't know that it actually starts as one thing and becomes another. I actually thought that it, you know, you took it from its basic components all the way through to the end. Right. No, it starts off, for example, we make vodka and gin from honey, and that starts off very much like a honey wine, around a 10% alcohol honey wine or a mead. Tell me about the honey stuff. So I had the opportunity to stop in the hatch a little while ago and was really impressed with just how much the beekeeping side of things has kind of invigorated hatch, and and there's a lot of honey in the different products that you make. Uh, What are some of the opportunities of working with honey in this way? Yeah, when we started the business, we really wanted to do everything with a sense of place. And it's tricky to make vodka and gin, which can sometimes be, well, for example, vodka is supposed to be tasteless, odorless. Well, how do you give that a sense of place? And we decided a really fun way to differentiate ourselves would be on the front end. And for us, that meant uh, doing something unique and supplying that fermentable sugar. And for us, that's honey. It's made it really, really difficult, both in the red tape when getting formulas approved with the federal government and things like that, and also difficult on the production side, supplying the honey. Uh, We try to do as much as we can ourselves, and then we work with one other Wisconsin beekeeper. But it's been a really good way to differentiate ourselves. And also, honey is a great fermentable sugar and makes a really, really neat distillate. So... It's a great way to set our products apart. It makes for a really neat vodka. The vodka hits your palate where you normally would perceive a little sweetness. So it tricks your brain into thinking you're drinking something sweet. So there's, there's challenges, but there's also those benefits as well. So it's a worthwhile endeavor. Absolutely. We're able to curb some of the cost by doing the honey production ourselves and being integrated in that way. And there's definitely benefits in the end result. And we're really proud to be able to put Door County in the bottle and give everything we do a sense of place. So clear up a, maybe a misconception on my end. When I think of mead, I think of like honey wine. Is that correct? That's correct. So we take honey, mix it with water, and ferment it into a, a mead, basically a honey wine. Then we take that honey wine, put it into our still, and distill it into vodka or gin. So we're taking the alcohol from a honey wine. Gotcha. There's so much alchemy in brewing and in distilling that I, I, di- I didn't know about. I, again, I'm, I'm thinking that you're taking ingredients and then they become the thing. I'm not thinking that you transfigure it into something else. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. Wine making and beer making are very much a part of our process. 
It's just we go one step further and we distill it. Gotcha. So tell me about uh, the beginnings of Hatch and, and how you guys came to be in Egg Harbor in that you know beautiful location that you have. I had been in Door County for about two years and I had passed that open lot actually owned by the village of Egg Harbor for about two years all along thinking it was a great location. And obviously it was a great location. The village had kind of earmarked it to be the site for the Crest Pavilion before their current site and opportunity came up. It got my wheels turning. Passing by that lot every day just kind of started me thinking that that would be a great place for a distillery. When it came time that we decided to move forward and do something on our own, we started searching Door County for a great spot. And originally we were looking for a building. And it was just tricky to find a building that met all the requirements, high traffic area, and also had enough square footage and space to do both production and a tasting room. So we couldn't find anything. And then we went back to the lot and we decided, okay, we're going to have to re-engineer our business plan a little bit and take a look at what it would take to do some brand new construction. So we pulled the trigger. We made an offer on the lot uh, and that happened pretty quickly. We closed on the lot in June of 2000. 17, broke ground in February of 2018 for our current facility. Yeah, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Yeah, broke ground in February, opened to the public in July. So it was a sprint of a construction project. I've kind of been dizzy ever since. It's going to take at least one more winter for me to kind of recover and catch my breath. But it's been a really, really fun year and a half now. When you were designing the place, of course, you had different specifications in terms of what you needed for the production in the tasting room. But did you have any aesthetic things that you were looking for just in, in how to kind of fit the building into Egg Harbor? Yeah, if you head by our building, you it, it's hard to miss. Um, we're definitely a little bit more modern and forward than a lot of the native architecture here to Door County. So our goal was to set the tone aesthetically with what we were trying to be as a business both fit in with the vernacular architecture here in Door County, but also challenge that a little bit and not be afraid to use some new materials and have a little bit more modern flair. When I went in there, the thing that I was kind of struck by is that it is a very eye-catching building. It's got a lot of curb appeal. But when you go inside, it it really does have a, a very rustic kind of lived-in feel, and it, it feels like it belongs in a lot of ways. Yeah, we try to put sense of place into everything that we do. And so when you get to the inside, it doesn't stop with uh, just what we do product-wise. Uh, the tables were built from a barn that fell down on a County Highway I. They were built for us by Woodwalk Gallery. We try to approach everything we do with a sense of sustainability and place. So all materials we use, we want it to be durable and as local as we can. And that transitions right from the aesthetic right down into our products. Well, why don't we take a break, Chris, and then when we come back, I want to talk about your first season and kind of kicking off the show. Uh, and then I also want to talk about some of the new stuff that you guys have planned and, and just currently released and all that kind of stuff when we come back. Sounds great. Cool. They call themselves the Stradivarius Builders of Sturgeon Bay because the guys at Palmer Johnson were artists in wood and metalwork, anything you imagine. They did it so beautifully well. The first fishermen came down the lake from Mackin Island, worked their way along the north shore of Lake Michigan, and they came because of the whitefish. The whitefish were abundant. In 1945, 2,000 German prisoners of war came to Door County and picked cherries for just one harvest season. Peninsula Filmworks is dedicated to telling the stories of Door County, past, present, and future. 
To learn more about the history of shipbuilding in Sturgeon Bay, to see how the cherry became a Door County icon, or to watch the peninsula's last remaining fishermen brave the waters to haul in thousands of pounds of whitefish daily, and the many other incredible stories produced with the Door County Visitor Bureau, visit doorcounty.com slash ourdoorcounty. Okay, we are back. So, Chris, tell me about your opening day and, and the first adventure that you guys went on. We were hoping to open for 4th of July of last year, and that just didn't happen. Kind of a comedy of errors, uh, most of them dealing with the equipment and brand new setup and trying to get things running smoothly. So we finally opened Friday the 13th of July. Uh, my wife begged me to hold off just one day and not deal with Friday the 13th, but we went for it. So we opened on Friday the 13th and really haven't looked back since. Uh, the community's really supported us. Um, we've got a lot of traction in the in the community with local businesses uh, supporting our products and serving them in their restaurants and bars. And we've been really happy with the evolution of our tasting room. We originally thought that the tasting room would be much more of just that, an introduction to the product and much less of a sit down craft cocktail experience. But that's not really what the customers wanted. Um, from day one, they kind of voiced that they really valued uh, having us be a spot to hang out and spend some time and conversation and enjoy a craft cocktail experience. So we've kind of had to change our game plan there and provide more of that. One thing that I've been saying for years and definitely on the podcast a bunch is that, you know, living in Egg Harbor, I've always wanted Egg Harbor to become uh, this like cool hip place that I can hang out. And I keep saying that over and over again, but I think it actually is now. Like I think it's it's finally reached that like hip Epicenter, and I feel like the the town itself has almost shifted down a couple blocks, like the center of town, kind of to the area that you're in, with with Hatch and One Barrel and the pub at Fireside and all that kind of stuff, kind of opening up right around each other. You've got this kind of like cool mini pub crawl that you can do, and just really like hang out down there for an evening or a weekend. Right. Uh, I like to think that we belong in a conversation about culinary here in Door County, and it's really neat to see what's happened in Egg Harbor. Um, the Fireside are just excellent neighbors. We're really excited to have them across the street and see all the things that they're doing and uh, the really neat business that they're doing and the, and they're really neat members of the community. Uh, right up the street to Parador and all the fun things they're doing with food. I'm excited to see and I'm proud to say that Egg Harbor um, belongs in the conversation when you start talking about um, the dining experience here in Door County. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's something that that we at Filmworks have been really kind of immersed in over the last year, getting uh, the opportunity to talk to a bunch of different chefs and restaurant owners and, and seeing how the culinary scene has really exploded in the last 10, 15 years. It's so cool to, to see that permeating throughout all of the different towns. No matter where you go, you're going to be able to experience this really cool thing that's going on. Yeah, and there's a whole subculture here in Door County with entrepreneurs kind of centered around uh, culinary and dining and, uh, you know, right down to beverage when you look at discourse and uh, lawless and those kind of things. So it's really fun to see Door County kind of take on a new reputation, not just for our landscape and all that we have to offer naturally, but also for culinary. And then I think right behind that is um, the agricultural community we have here that supports all the things and all the endeavors we do on the culinary side. Right. It, it's so cool to be able to to talk to different people. And the overwhelming majority of people that I've talked to say that they uh, try to source as much as they can locally. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they can do that is really something special. Yeah. Best kept secret about Door County 
in my mind, is the agricultural community. We have a, a community of really neat uh, entrepreneurial growers that aren't afraid to try new ventures and really listen to the market, listen to not only the market, but what consumers are looking for and go after it. Nowhere else in Wisconsin will you see as many organic dairy farms or organic farms. And I think that's a testament to really the neat community and adventurous thinkers we have here in Door County. Right. So tell me, Chris, uh, about kind of the game plan as you guys were were, were starting to get open. Uh, did you did you have a list of spirits that you were going to kind of like open up like day one with uh, or a menu of cocktails that you were planning on having right away? Uh, what was the planning process like? Yeah, the planning process more was focused on the production side and what we were going to do to set ourselves apart with our products. So for us, it was growing our honey operation and doing a vodka and a gin from honey. And then it was working with some local growers to grow grains for our whiskey production. So in the United States, whiskey has to be made from 100% grain and aged in a new American oak barrel. There's not a whole lot of people, especially in Wisconsin, doing something 100% local. And so the trick for us was to start finding some farms uh, willing to take the risk on and share the risk with us and grow some whiskey grains. For example, we have a lot of rye in our in the mash bill for one of our whiskeys, our bourbon. And rye is not really a palatable grain for livestock. So if someone's interested in growing rye for us, um, really we're kind of the only market for them. The only other benefit to their production system would be rye as a cover crop. So to convince a grower to grow rye and promise them that we would um, purchase that rye from them was a little tricky. Right. Did you guys have uh, wholesale ready right away in the beginning? Because I feel like I remember, like right as I was hearing about you opening, I was also seeing your products like at Main Street Market. Yeah, 60% of our business is actually out the back door wholesale sales. So you can find our products throughout Wisconsin. And our, our end goal is to really push distribution to as far as kind of the ring of Door County reaches, um, basically. Um, the folks who would consider uh, are within reaching distance of like a road trip here to Door County is kind of the communities we'd like to reach in our distribution. Um, so, yes, that was uh, part of the business plan all along was to do uh, distribution and our tasting room. Um, really, it's great. It's a great seasonal business for us, but it is very, very seasonal. So a way to sustain our business or we knew from the start that the only way to sustain our business was to have a big wholesale component. Well, and it was great too, because like I was hearing murmurs of you opening, but I was also seeing your products on shelves and that like kind of one, two punch was like really kind of cemented your place right in Egg Harbor right from the beginning with me. Uh, and it was great that you were able to have that ready to go right from day one. Yeah, that was a saving grace for us. And also I felt like it was a really good way to tie ourselves into the Door County community. Uh, the Door County community has just been supportive from the get-go. Um, you can find us on a lot of back bars on uh, establishments throughout the county, and we pride ourselves on that. Um, we like to think of it as a partnership. It's another reason that our tasting room closes at 8. Um, we're not trying to compete with a lot of people who will um, feature our products. Uh, we want to be a tasting room and be tasting room forward, not necessarily be a drinking establishment. Right. So tell me about the, the core line of products right from the beginning, and how has that changed over the last year? So we started with a vodka and gin, and then a lemoncello. 
which is our only non 100% local product, but we landed on that one because we felt like lemon was just a great combination with honey. And then we had a couple whiskeys that we actually sourced. So whiskey, whiskey production requires aging. And good whiskeys, uh, I'm making a generalization, but most good whiskeys are aged a minimum of two years. So knowing that we were going to have to wait a minimum of two years before our own product was ready, we decided to go out and source. And where we differed from a lot of craft distilleries is a lot of craft distilleries are sourcing their product from one distillery in Indiana and labeling it as their own. We tried to be very transparent about the process. So we sourced ours from Destor Distillery in Madison and Yohara Bay Distillery also in Madison. And it says it right on the back label. So that was part of the business plan from the get-go. And our goal was to be as transparent as possible and very open about that. So those are the products we started with. In the future, we'll have a couple new whiskeys coming out. We've got an American single malt, our own version of bourbon, and then an Irish-style whiskey. And then we also just released apple brandy. And I'm really proud of the apple brandy because it's really a celebration of the Door County landscape through and through. We work with local orchards, Highline and Sequest, to grow all the heirloom varieties of apple for us. They fresh press that and we ferment it right away. And then we've aged that for about a year in barrel. So it was a project that started a year ago. And it's exciting to know the face and name of the growers, um, do business with a handshake, and really present to uh, visitors of Door County a product that through and through is a Door County product. Absolutely. Yeah, I heard about this apple brandy and I was pretty excited about it. Uh, When I went into the tasting room, I had the opportunity to sample a couple of your different craft cocktails. Uh, Are you doing a Door County old-fashioned now with the apple brandy? We're in Wisconsin, so we have no choice. We have to do an old-fashioned. And uh, Wisconsin kind of has a reputation throughout the rest of the country as kind of murdering what a traditional old-fashioned is or should be. Yeah. And we're murdering it in the tasting room, too. We're doing what we call a supper club old-fashioned, so we're kind of honoring the Wisconsin tradition where we're doing a brandy old-fashioned. Tell me a little bit more about the the cocktail side of stuff. When I went in, I had uh, a really, I can't remember the name of it, but it was kind of a a dark, caramely, kind of sweet cocktail. Okay. Uh, May have had bear in the name. Yeah, it was probably... um, did it have a mango and banana flavor to it? Was I, It, it might have been, yes. Yeah, so we have one on the menu right now that's called the Baboon. It's uh, a mango acid and banana flavored cocktail. Yeah, that cocktail world and, and the cocktail um, culture has really evolved. Uh, it's really evolved here in Door County, too. And we're trying to be part of that cocktail conversation here. So I would have to admit I'm not a cocktail connoisseur by any means, but luckily we have uh, really talented bartenders who um, take on that job. So our, our front of house manager, Brett Cleveland, uh, moved here from Milwaukee, and he was really part of the bar scene in Milwaukee, uh, managing a lot of really neat places there. And he brought a bunch of knowledge with him, and he's really evolved our cocktail program. And we just released a new menu, and... Um, I'm really proud of it. I feel like he's done a really neat job and it's kind of neat to see him take the reins there and really, I think, you know, make us um, a must stop for people who enjoy craft cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. I had the opportunity to chat with him a little bit while I was in 
and talking to him and also Andrew Piat, I believe, was at the, the bar as right. well. Uh, the two of them just sharing their love for the, the craft and stuff like that was really cool to see. And and the, the product shined because of it. I also had a cucumber and black pepper drink that was like the most like soft refreshing but also kind of like powerful spicy i've drink i've ever had yeah and it was it was wonderful so yeah it's tricky to put a touch of savory into cocktails and i think our crew does a really fun job with that and i also think that's a really fun experience for visitors who might not necessarily go into a craft cocktail bar otherwise and they're on vacation they're feeling a little adventurous and they try something that might have a black pepper syrup in it or we had a really fun cocktail this spring that had some cilantro in it, and um, that was exciting to see people try that and, um, you know, turn themselves into um, cocktail connoisseurs and also people who, you know, wouldn't think they'd be a gin drinker, but all of a sudden get a little adventurous since they're on vacation and find out that they do enjoy gin. Well, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you have an opportunity to try each of the different products that you make, either through the flights or the cocktails. And I feel like the cocktails shine when they have good ingredients backing them up. So it, it's kind of the perfect combination. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think it also enhances the experience. So we really want to make a product that isn't um, just a product, but is an experience. And I'm finding that our tasting room has become has really helped uh, develop that experience and create a really fun introduction to our products. So it sounds like your first year went really well. And, and things were going good for you in that respect. Uh, now you're on kind of the tail end of year two. Um, any, any big plans for year three? Is that when the whiskeys are launching next year? Yep. Year three, we'll finally release, uh, our own whiskey in the industry. They say our own juice. Um, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited to be able to say that all of our products are hundred percent door County. I'm really looking forward to that. And other than that, it'll be just working on efficiencies and really on the production side, being able to handle the volume that we've kind of grown into. It was one thing I didn't expect. I was hoping for success. I didn't expect this much success off the bat. So now we have to figure out a way to keep up with demand. And that'll be the challenge for this winter. It does sound like a good problem to have at least. It's a great problem to have. I could use a little sleep. I'm kind of looking forward to some hibernation this winter too, but I don't know if I'll get an opportunity. We're going to have to get busy and, and keep production going. Awesome. Chris, is there anything that we didn't touch on about Hatch that you think is important for our listeners to hear before we kind of wrap up today? Uh, no, I think we hit on it all. I'm just really excited to see what's happening in Door County, both culinary and on the agricultural side. And I'm excited that we get to be a part of that. Yeah, it's a good, definitely a cool time to be up here. Uh, where can people find out more about Hatch if they're looking for you online or social media? Yeah, they can find us at hatchdistilling.com. Otherwise, uh, social media is at hatchdistilling also. And that's a pretty good way to see the aesthetic of what we have going on behind the scenes. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with me, Chris. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to definitely checking out your whiskeys next year. I'm a, I'm a big whiskey drinker, and so is my wife. So we'll be in there next year for sure to try those out. Uh, and I'll probably have to stop in for a brandy old-fashioned because, you know, it's tradition up here. It's Wisconsin, so we'll be there for you. Great. Thank you, Chris. Thank and you. And I'll talk to you again soon. For more Door County news, interviews, and exclusive content, check us out at DoorCountyPulse.com or pick up this week's issue of the Peninsula Pulse available every Friday. Don't forget to subscribe to the Door County Pulse podcast to get new episodes delivered straight to your device twice a week. Thank you for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast.